0: Hello and welcome to Episode 2 of the Credit Union Overtime Podcast, brought to you by the Credit Union Webinar Network, powered by FinEd. My name is Eric Conley. I'm the Senior Marketing Manager at the Credit Union Webinar Network, and I am very excited to bring you the episode of the podcast today. Uh, For those of you that listened to episode one, thanks for doing that and thanks for coming back. For those of you that didn't, just to give you a little background on who we are and what we're here to provide, we are the Credit Union Webinar Network. We provide webinars and training across the country to credit unions and the wonderful people who work there. Um, Got more than 100 webinars on our calendar this year. We've been providing training to the financial industry for more than 40 years. We launched this podcast as, um, as kind of a way to get more valuable content out there to you, all of you out working in the credit union industry. We work with all of these amazing presenters and experts all the time for these webinars, and we wanted to have a more informal way to get you breaking news, to get you a way to meet some of these experts, and also to get you interested in some of the great webinars and training that we can provide. Today's episode of the Credit Union Overtime Podcast is following our hot topic and breaking news format, as well as a little bit of Meet the Expert. So, today we're talking about an upcoming webinar we have on September 3rd. It is called Safe Act Compliance for Mortgage Loan Originators. And that will be presented by Susan Kostonis, and she is joining us on the podcast today. So, a little bit about Susan. Susan is a compliance consultant and trainer who began her career in 1978. She specializes in compliance management along with deposit and lending regulatory training. Susan has successfully managed compliance programs and exams for institutions that range from a community bank to a large multi-state bank holding companies. She has been a compliance officer for institutions supervised by the OCC, FDIC, and Federal Reserve. Susan has been a Certified Regulatory Compliance Manager since 1998, completed the ABA Graduate Compliance School, and graduated from the University of Akron and the Graduate Banking School of the University of Colorado. She regularly presents to financial institution audiences in several states and translates complex regulations into simple concepts using humor and real-life examples. So as you'll see here, all of that really holds true. We had a great conversation with Susan and we're very excited to have her on this episode. You can check out more from Susan in the podcast notes, including an additional info sheet on the MU-4R requirements for the SAFE Act. So let's jump right in. I want to welcome Susan Costonis to the podcast. Welcome on with us. Thanks for your Taking the time to meet with us here today. Um, how are things down in Louisiana?
1: Well, we are pre-hurricane preparations, so right now they're wonderful. Uh, get back with me in four or five days; it could be a slightly different story. But we are uh, enjoying some just basically subtropic hot weather, and life is good.
0: Excellent. Well, we'll we'll keep you in our thoughts for that one. Those uh, it's it's that season. Unfortunately, it seems just want to jump in with you here. Of course, we're going to talk to you a little bit about your upcoming webinar on the SAFE Act Compliance for Mortgage Loan Originators. But you know, since this podcast is kind of new, and I think a lot of our audience would know you from many of the webinars you've done from us, but you know, not in this personal context, I just wanted to open things up first uh, just to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and anything you'd want our folks out there to know.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, I am very grateful to Financial Education for allowing me to be a speaker on this platform for, I think, about 10 years. So we have definitely done this dance for quite a while. Uh, it's I consider it a privilege. And so I really have appreciated um, that opportunity, as well as the questions I get from the financial institutions that participate. They definitely keep me on my toes and uh, keep me learning, which is the name of the game. So that's been uh, a wonderful experience for me. Um, uh, For those of you who have signed up for some sessions, thank you. And if you've seen my bio, you'll know that I've been at this for a while, (laughs) over 42 years. Um, So I hope I bring from that experience things that can be helpful, you know, uh, observations from um, financial institutions having stumbling blocks with their whoever their regulator may be, and giving you some hopefully tools and information to avoid those problems. Because basically, what we're all about is serving our um, our our base for the credit unions for the members that you serve. The name of the game is to do whatever we can to serve the needs in the local community and that's really what we're trying to do.
0: That's excellent. Yeah, that kind of service, I think, is really what sets apart, um, you know, the financial institutions that we work with and we build training for. Well, um, our next kind of question that's not directly related to this, we think it's a fun one. Um, what is your favorite part of your job?
1: I really think the, the favorite part is hoping that I have taken a word puzzle of, you know, regulations and Put you know, taking it apart into pieces and put it back together again, so that it's more understandable, it's more meaningful. Um, but hopefully, also because of the time I've been at this, um, that I can bring a little bit of context to why we have a particular regulation and what the consequences have been historically. Uh, Will be in the future if we don't comply with those regulations. Hopefully, giving some motivation about why this matters, especially right now. You know, a lot of of um, institutions have their employees working remotely. You're scrambling to take care of everything. It's stressful, um, and sometimes it you know it's not always the top priority to listen to a recording about something that you think, well, that's interesting, but how is that going to help me today? And so I strive to make it meaningful at that point in time um, and deliver some content that will help, um, in some cases, unravel mysteries. And in other cases, frankly, just keep you out of trouble um, because no one wants to have the aggravation of either some risk to your reputation or um, a a enforcement action or anything that takes you away from serving the community that you are located in.
0: Definitely. Well, that's great. And, you know, that really resonates with us um, at FinEd. I... don't want to go into buttering you up too much, but you're one of our favorite presenters to work with. And we love working with you on all these topics. And, um, and, you know, I think that is a good lead in to this topic we're talking about today. um, Safe act compliance for mortgage loan originators. So I personally, I'm come from a marketing and journalism background. I don't come Mm -hmm. from financial services. So uh, some of this is always a bit of a mystery. So this is one of the questions we have thought would be fun. Um, Looking at this topic uh, what is kind of your elevator pitch for this? You know what it's okay. about and why you think it's important. It could sure. be a long elevator. It can be a big building if you want. Okay. But you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I can. I can think I can put it into a small elevator. Hopefully, <clears throat> and if you'll walk back in time with me. Uh, To about 2005 to 2007, whether you were in the industry then or not, or whether you just recall headlines at that point in time, you know, that phrase mortgage meltdown, uh, that should bring up some memories for you, you know, the headlines Mm -hmm. of this investment company failing, you know, basically our economy was on the brink of a disaster, we were either in or going to have a recession, and those economic impacts were long term. Why did that happen? You know, it's happened in part because the same reason we have rules and regulations in general, uh, you have a number of bad actors who caused horrific problems. You know, that mortgage meltdown at one point, one in nine homes in Las Vegas were in foreclosure. Depending on where you were in the country, this may have affected you more in certain parts than in others. But because there were really aggressive mortgage lenders, mortgage brokers, not necessarily traditional mortgage loan officers in a bank or credit union doing this, and they were doing tons of subprime loans, they were... um, falsifying documents, all kinds of things. Let me just give you a real, real heart to heart on why this is important to me. Um, I was doing a lot of training on the road at that point, And one of my favorite places to stop because they had free Wi-Fi and hot French fries are McDonald's. They're on, you know, all the interstates. So it's pretty easy to find them. I was in a McDonald's and I was near a family that had, they were talking obviously in a quote, business meeting. Um, and it was a husband and wife, and I think they had five kids. And there was a subprime lender who was talking to them, and they had never owned a home. They really wanted to own a home. And the subprime lender was selling them uh, all kinds of <laughs> false hopes, basically, uh, about how easy this is going to be. And this says, and so he asked the man, you know, how much money do you make? And he worked in a, some kind of factory and he, he told him and it wasn't a lot of money. He said, but once a year when we do the, and it was a chemical plant, when we do the turnaround, I have a lot of overtime. He said, oh, you know what? This is what we need to do. A man like you really wants to provide for his family. So let's just put in the application that that's the amount of money you make every week. Because he, I'm here to help you do the best we can for your family. Now, obviously, the mom who had the five kids, not obviously, but she didn't happen to, quote, work outside the home, but he asked her the same question. Well, she helped out a sister-in-law with some kind of party selling house goods or whatever once or twice a year and asked, well, how much do you make? And she said, oh, but you're so charming and, you you know, you're really going to be good at this. And I bet, you know, it's, it's, things are picking up, you could make three times that much. And we're just going to say that you do that all the time, because I know you want the best for your family. And it was those kind of individuals that this law was passed by Congress in 2008, that requires people to get fingerprinted to carry an identification number, not by institution, but by life, for wherever they go. And there's a criminal background check. And there are a lot of Protections are attempts at protecting the public from these irreputable mortgage lenders that were really doing flagrant things during that time.
0: Definitely, and that's kind of the you know that the bad apples analogy, and it makes mm-hmm. it, of course, did make it <laughs> difficult for the entire industry. Yeah. Um, of course, everything that went bad in that kind of crash there, but also some of the regulation that comes after is difficult. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, that's that's where we like to think that we're providing good service. Bringing experts like you in to uh, kind of work within that. So our next question here, I think, uh, looking at a topic like this and um, having an expert like you here talking to us, what are some common misconceptions you've seen relating to? Uh, the SAFE Act and its implementation and how these mortgage loan originators are working around and within that.
1: Um, One of the things I always have a concern about is when something new comes out, and in in this case, it came out in 2008, you know, that was 12 years ago, um, there was a, a fair amount of, you know, running around getting a procedure policy put in place and getting it nailed down initially. But it there's a requirement that you have to have an annual audit. There's requirements that if, say, for instance, a mortgage loan originator, uh, often more oftentimes than not, a female, you know, marries or divorces and changes her name that, you know, people forget to Uh, understand that how important it is to update their records and failing to do that or failing to do the audit. So some of the things are just to keep all the balls in the air while you still have, you know, with COVID-19 and other things, a lot of other issues. But I guess, you know, looking at why we do it, um, Will truly your loan applicant care about that number that they get on the good faith estimate and closing disclosure they may never read? Um, maybe not, but it's important that we have that ability to track the bad apples because chances are when we are strained financially, which most likely and sadly will happen again, with, when you have record number of people unemployed, <clears throat> bankruptcies and foreclosures will most likely increase uh, from this ex- economic strain, when that happens, there's just a lot more potential for fraud. And a lot about this topic was to detect and prevent fraud and to also give consumers some sense of, um, I guess, safety that they were dealing with a reputable mortgage loan originator. You know, when you fill out that form, you've got to ask a a lot, answer a lot of questions about criminal background. The FBI literally, you know, fingerprints you and there's questions they ask, some little embarrassing like your weight and a few other things that I always wondered were a little much when the, the rules came out. But, you know, it's a way of putting that all together and keeping things moving. And what we want to do now is definitely keep things moving
0: definitely especially in this kind of strange COVID adjusted time mm-hmm. you know something like this um you know that that extra work and that extra bit of uh, kind of hoops they will have to jump through if they can prevent another crash than that mm-hmm. is all great it well is. yeah I think I think you've given us a great picture at what this webinar is going to be about and why it's important. Um, in the wrap up, I'll tell everybody how and where they can get access to that to get registered for the live or recorded webinar. Don't want to give away too much, get some people to come in and check this one out as it happens. Okay. Um, but before we go, Susan, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to, if there's anything you wanted to promote or anything you wanted to let us know about that you or your company are up to now is a perfect time.
1: One thing I guess I would mention is that a lot of detection about how the mortgage meltdown was happening uh, was done because financial institutions filed suspicious activity reports, and FinCEN, you know, collects those, and they were kind of at that point in time uh, hair on fire. We have a real huge problem here. um, You know, the Mortgage Bankers Association eventually reported that. the amount of of fraud loss uh, had reached a record level. In 2005, they reported those fraud losses passed over a billion dollars. And so FinCEN and, you know, different associations were tracking some of this, but it is a a reason to really pay attention to the bank secrecy act requirements and what you do for your anti-money laundering program. And that is a program um, I'll be presenting, I believe, in October for BAC officers on advanced BSA training and uh, trying to give you some uh, tips for things to look at because of the fraud that we are experiencing or we anticipate experiencing in the coming months as a result of the pandemic. So, that's one thing to look
0: at. Excellent, and we will find a way to link that in the notes as well, so everybody can get access to that. Well, thank you, Susan, for jumping on with us um, on this wonderful Friday. I hope that all the weather just splits and goes around you this weekend, and everything's good there.
1: <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us. Like I said, we love having you um, as one of our wonderful presenters for all these webinars, and it's great to have you on the podcast. And hope we can have you on again. You're
1: very kind and good luck to everyone. Thank you for listening to this podcast.
0: I want to thank Susan again for joining us here on the Credit Union Overtime Podcast. As we wrap up a little housekeeping in the show notes, you can find a link to this webinar as well as the BSA series webinar that Susan talked about at the end there. We also want to give you a coupon for today, the uh, coupon for the Safe Act for MLOs webinar. You can use coupon code MLOPOD at checkout for $30 off the registration fee. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Those links are in the show notes. And I would like to close out by thanking our state association partners, our outstanding speakers, and you, the listener. Be safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you back for the next episode of the Credit Union Overtime Podcast. Thanks.